Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. We're going to uh, continue a series that we started last Sunday morning uh, as a church that we're going to be going through over the next couple of weeks. And this series is called Hope Overflowing. And the sermon notes, you can download the sermon notes this morning for this morning's message on our website gatewaychurchcamry.co.uk forward slash sermon notes and you can even add your notes onto that if you've got a phone this morning or a tablet today but we're going to continue our series and as I said this series is called Hope Overflowing and the key scripture the main scripture for this series is going to be from Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 and it says this this is the key scripture for this series it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit that is the key scripture for us during this series you know I shared last week that this series has come about not just to to make up a a, a series just to pass time until we get to Christmas or or just because it sounds cool but the series is a series that has come from God laying this on my heart and I believe this is a word that, that God has for us as a church not just for all the different churches without the, throughout this valley I believe this series is what God is trying to say to us as a church you're a gateway church and I shared last week that I believe we're in a battle as a church and it's a battle not for our peace it's not a battle for our joy or for our strength or even for our faith I believe that we're involved in a spiritual battle not a physical battle It's a spiritual battle against Satan and the enemies of darkness. And it's a battle for our hope. I believe the enemy wants to rob us of our hope. Because if he steals our hope, then he knows that we we won't be excited for the future. We won't look to the future and believe for God to do great and mighty things. And so I believe it's a battle for our hope. And my prayer is, as I said last week, that over the next couple of weeks we would open up our ears. We would open up our hearts to hear what God would say to us so that by the end of this series, I really pray this, that as a church we would be overflowing with hope. We would be known as a hopeful church, a church that is just overflowing with the hope that God has given us. So if you weren't here last week, you can catch up on last week's message on our podcast. Uh, And this week we're going to continue our series and we're going to look at the foundation of our hope. Last week we looked at what hope is and we saw the hope is not like hope in this world which is uncertain or sure we see the biblical hope is certain it's sure that god is going to come through that there is a future there is a better day ahead and there's this expectancy and the certainty that god is going to do something great that's what biblical hope is is that i'm sure and i know that something good's going to come because of my god that's what biblical hope is and we're going to look at this morning the foundation of our hope so if you've got a bible Can you please turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 16 to 17 together. And it's up on the screen behind me as well. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16 to 17. And it says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. 
Now, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, many of us who know Peter is, he, he wrote to the believers in Asia Minor. And he said to these believers in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks them to give a reason for the hope that is in them. Peter was writing to them and saying, if people see you and people know that you're a hopeful person, then you should have an explanation of why you, should, why you are so hopeful. You should be prepared, ready to share with those people who ask you about the hope that you have. And this implies two things. Firstly, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, we should be known as a hopeful people. We should be known as a hopeful people. You know, if an unbeliever watches your life and if an unbeliever watches my life and they ask something about our life and why our life is different, then part of that should, they should be asking about is our hope. They should ask, why are you so hopeful? We're living in, such a in a world and at a time where there is a lack of hope. This world is hopeless. Our nation at this moment in time is completely hopeless. Even though it says, you know, there's the Brexit might come through, I'm sure this, this country at this moment in time is thinking, yeah, I'm not holding on to that. I don't have much hope for that. We are living in a time where people are living without hope. They don't see a better day. They don't see that there's a better future for them. Even within our society, even within our community, there are people who are bound by the enemy, bound by addictions, bound by problems, and they just don't see that better day. They don't see that their life will ever change. And so when they see our lives as believers, they shouldn't look at us and think, oh, you know, they think that they're better than us. It's not about that. They should look at our lives and say, why are they so hopeful? Why have you got a hope when I haven't got a hope? What is that hope? Our hope should show. If you don't remember anything else from this morning, I pray you will take that away, that our hope should show. Your hope that you have this morning should not be hidden away, should not be buried away, but it should be seen. Uh, when it comes out, when you're speaking to people, people should hear it within the way, in your conversation, the way that you talk, that you sound like you're not a positive person, you don't know, you know, you're not that sort of American over-enthusiastic type of person. You're just a hopeful person. You're a person who believes in a future. You're a person who's got an assurance and a certainty that something good is going to come. Our hope should show. And it should show in our joy. People should see it. We should be a joyful people. We should be a joyful people because of what Jesus has done for us. We should be a joyful people. Our hope should show in our love, the way that we love people. And you know, it should show in that way because the way that we love people shows that we have a hope. You know, especially those who don't uh, uh, you know, messed up, who have fallen to the wayside, those who are outcasts in our society, the way that we love them should show that we have hope because we believe that God has a future for them, that God has a plan for their lives, that God loves them. It should show in our love. Our hope should show in our boldness. The way that we're so bold, that we're not afraid to step out, we're not afraid to move ahead, we're not afraid and hiding away and forward, but we're going to keep pursuing and keep reaching out as a church, keep reaching out with the good news of Jesus. And our hope should show in our endurance, that we're the people who don't give up, that we have a hope that we're not going to give up because we believe that God is going to do something great. We have the hope of, a, of eternal life with our Savior. We have the hope that God is going to do something great with even within this church because he has promised us 
should be seen in all these areas. So first of all, Peter implies that our hope should be shown. We should, it should be seen within our lives. Secondly, Peter implies that there are reasons for our hope. It's not just a, an irrational hope that we have this morning. It's not an empty hope. There's a reason why we've got this hope this morning. There is a reason for our hope. It's a reasonable hope. Have you ever read through the Bible and you've come across people in there and they were facing impossible situations? And, you know, you look in the natural and you think, you know, this person's done for. There's no hope for them. There's no future for them. But yet, despite it all, when you read about that person, they have this hope. Even though the circumstances around them say differently, even though the situation say differently, they have this hope, they have this assurance within their life. And sometimes it seems that their hope is irrational. You think, they're absolutely bonkers. Do they realize what they're going through and they believe there's a future ahead? Do they realize that they're going to be killed or they're going to, you know, they're going to be wiped out? But yet they're hoping, they believe in that they're going to come through this. What, what, what is the reason for this? You know, the hope that these people had within the Bible is not a rational hope. It's a reasonable hope. You know, we see, for example, even with Abraham. Abraham hewed from God that he would be the father of many nations. That he would, there would be all these children that would come through his lineage. But we see that Abraham, he had this confidence, he had this assurance that God would come through on that promise. But you know, when you read of Abraham, we see that he was too old and his wife was barren. But even in the midst of that, he still had hope that God's going to come through. I've got this hope. That what God has said is going to come to pass. I've got this trust in my God. That's what we see in his life. When we see it wasn't irrational. Even though people told him. Even though the years went by. Even though his wife was barren. He still clung to that hope. And that promise that God had given him. And it wasn't irrational because God came through in that promise. They had a child together. And we see that he did become the father of many nations. We see that. There was a good reason for him to hope. And you know, as a people, we should know why we hope. Do you know this morning why you've got this hope? If someone asks you, someone came up to you in the street and they seen, and you know, they could just hear it, or maybe somebody was eavesdropping, you know, as you were uh, talking within, you know, Asda or something, even like Jennifer this week, <laughs> as she was sharing our connect group. You know, even if somebody's hearing our conversation and they hear about this hope that we have, would you be able to explain the reason for that hope? What would you say is the reason for your hope? If someone asks you, why are you so hopeful? What, as a people, is our hope based on? What's the foundation of our hope this morning? What's the foundation of your hope and my hope? What's the root of our hope? Well, I believe the answer is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 16 that we've just read. And this is what it says. It says, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace give us eternal encouragement and good hope. The foundation of our hope is simply this, the grace of God. That is our hope this morning. That is the foundation of our hope. The foundation of your hope and my hope and every believer's hope is the grace of God. It is simply that our hope, it is based on the grace of God. Because if God was not a gracious God, we wouldn't have any hope, would we? If God wasn't a gracious God, we wouldn't be here today. 
If God wasn't a gracious God, we wouldn't have the hope of eternal life. We wouldn't know the forgiveness of sins. If God wasn't a gracious God, we wouldn't have any of that. But because God is such a gracious God, that is the reason we have a hope this morning. You know, as a people, if, we, if God wasn't a gracious God, we could cross our fingers. Even though I hate that saying, as I said last week, we could cross our fingers. We could have big dreams, we could have plans, we could have aspirations. And we could even decide that we're going to be a positive people, despite the situations and the circumstances around us. We're going to be a positive people. But you know, if we, if we didn't have the grace of God, if God wasn't a gracious God, then there would be no talk of certainty about good things in the future. You know, we might live like that, you know, maybe there's a better day ahead, maybe, you know, something good will happen, but we wouldn't have that assurance, we wouldn't have that confidence, we wouldn't have that expectancy. The reason and the foundation for our hope today is simply the grace of God. We are hopeful people because of God's grace and the grace that he's shown to you and me. That's why we're hopeful, because of his mercy and his love for us. So the foundation of that confidence, the foundation of biblical hope is the grace of God. It is the grace of God. And I believe we need to focus on that phrase there. It says that it's good hope through grace. You know, the hope that we have this morning is a good hope. It's not just an empty hope or, or, or something, or a bad hope. It's a good hope that we have this morning. I love how it emphasizes that in Thessalonians, how Paul emphasizes that. It's a good hope that we have. And it comes through the grace of God or by the grace of God. And so if someone asks you, why are you so hopeful? Why have you got a hope? You can simply say, it's because of God's grace. That's why I'm hopeful. It's not because of what I've done or because of the confidence I have in myself or, or my money or, or my home or the people around me. The reason I'm so hopeful is simply because of God's grace that has been shown to me. Because of God's grace that has been poured out on my life. We've got this hope because of the grace of God. And we can see this even through the way that Christ has saved us. We see the grace of God through it all. The reason that we're saved is because of the grace of God. You know, all the steps of salvation are the grace of God. You know, I'm not here because my family just brought me here. You know, I felt like wandering away at 16. I didn't want nothing to do with God. But God in his grace and mercy, he, I hear the good news of Jesus and I surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm not here because I bought my way in or because I've even earned my way in. I'm here this morning because of the grace of God. You are here this morning because of the grace of God. We didn't deserve it. And you know, when we look at all the steps, and you know, when we think back, it's good sometimes to think back on how far God has brought us, and how God has mercifully and graciously saved us and changed us. And you know, it's good for us to sometimes recall those steps to salvation. And I want us to do that very quickly this morning. Look at some of those steps on how God has been gracious. And the first step of how God's grace works is that we've been saved by grace. That's the first step of it all. We were saved by the grace of God. That is the first step in our salvation. It is us hearing the good news that Jesus went to the cross to die for us. He took our sin upon himself that we could be forgiven, that we could be restored to our God. That is the first step. We have been saved this morning because of grace. Not because of our works, not because of who we are and who we belong to. We are saved because of the grace of God. And he saved us not so that none of us could boast. You were a sinner, I was a sinner. 
I did nothing to save myself, and you could do nothing to save yourself. It was all because of the grace of God for us. We didn't deserve it. Didn't merit it. It was all because of his love for us. You know, what we deserved was the wrath of God. We deserved eternal punishment. We deserved to be separated from God and sent to hell for all of eternity because of our sin. Because God is a holy God. God is a pure God and we are a sinful people and that sin cuts us off from him and we deserve to be separated for all of eternity. That's what we deserved. But because of God's grace, we, at the right time, he, we heard that gospel message, we heard of what Jesus has done and in his grace, he has saved us. It is because of God's grace, because of his mercy, because of his love that Jesus took the wrath that we deserved. He took the punishment that you deserve, that I deserve, so that we could be forgiven. I know this grace, it is a free gift to whoever believes. I love that. It is for the whosoever, whoever will believe in Jesus can receive this free gift. You know, we are living in a time where if somebody offers you a free gift, you're thinking, yeah, but there's got to be a catch to this. You know, how much do I owe you? You know, or what favor do you want me to do for you? There's no such thing really in, within our society anymore as it of, of a free gift where someone will just give something to you or bless you. But God's gift of salvation is a free gift. It is a free gift. It says here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace that you've been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Our only boast this morning is in Jesus. We are saved because of Jesus. We're here because of Jesus. We have a hope this morning because of the grace of God and because of Jesus. That is it. We've got nothing else to boast in. We don't boast in our own strength or our, or our own abilities or how clever we are or how good we are or how great our theology is or how great our past is. Our boast is simply Jesus and the grace of God. That is why we're here today. Secondly, the second step in salvation, and the second step in our walk with the Lord is that we're not only being saved by grace, but we've been called through grace as well. God has called us to himself. He has called us to belong to him and to, to be a part of his incredible plan. Isn't it amazing that God not only has saved us, but that now he wants to partner with us and he wants to make us a new creation and he wants to send us out to be a part of that great work of salvation. That's incredible. That's mind-boggling. That I deserved wrath, but now God has saved me and now he's got a plan for me. He's not just loved me and just said, yeah, there we are, you're saved, and now come to eternity with me. No, God has called you as well. He's called each and every one of us. He's called us to go and reach more people for him. He's called us to reach more people for him. It says in verse 13, it says, to this he called you through the gospel. He has saved us and he has called us. I love how it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, Paul describes the, the basis of God's call in our lives. And he says this, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But, this, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought, has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You were called this morning. We've been saved, but we're also called, we're called to a holy life. 
We're called to be separated to our God, to live for our God. He hasn't just saved us so that we could carry on going the way that we were living. He has called us and saved us to be belong to him, to know him, to walk with him, and to be his hands and his feet. We are chosen, we are saved, and we are called through grace. Number three, very quickly, we are sanctified by grace. It's an old-fashioned word, that is. Sanctified by grace. And this is the third step which God begins to do as we surrender our lives to Jesus. He begins to sanctify us by his spirit and through the word. Basically, what sanctification is, it's that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard I try, I can't make myself become like Jesus. I can't. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever tried, but I can't. I can't be good. I can't go without, you know, thinking those things. I can't go without acting wrongly. I can't. But it is through the grace of God that he begins to change. It is by the Spirit of God he begins to mold us and change us to become more and more like Jesus. And you know this work of sanctification is just God making us become more and more like Jesus. You know this side of eternity, we will never be perfect. We will never be perfect. It is only when we get to heaven that we will be perfect, that we will have new bodies. But thank God that he hasn't left us as we are. He is changing us. He's transforming us to become more and more like Jesus. You know, even Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And by his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul was saying, you know, I've done great things for God. I've done all these things for God, but it's nothing that I've done. It is God that is changing me. It is all because of God. It is because of his grace that I'm being changed and transformed. You know, this morning, your life is a work of grace. Your life is a work of grace. We are testimonies, trophies of grace this morning for our God that will bring glory and honor to him through what he is doing in and through our lives. So no matter how hard we work, no matter how hard we try, and don't get me wrong, we should work. We should strive to do things for our God and, and, and to bring glory and honor to our God. But you know, the lasting fruit of our labor is all our way to God. It is all because of him. It's not because of us or what we have done. It is all because of Jesus. Number four, very quickly, we're made to believe the truth through grace. It is because of God's grace that we receive that gospel message. It's not because of anything that I've done. No matter how hard I try, you know, we could disbelieve that. We could try to prove it wrong. But it is only because of God's grace that I receive that truth. And it is only because of God's grace, grace that we believe that truth and begin to receive that truth into our lives. It says in verse 13 there, it says, God chose you from the beginning to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in that truth. Is that belief a work of God's grace? Yes, it is. The reason that we believe in our God is because of the grace of God. It is all because of His grace that we believe. It's not because we've conjured this belief up or this faith up. It is God's grace. God's grace, that's the reason why I believe. That's the reason, is because of God's grace. And number five, old school again, obtaining the glory of Jesus by grace. Simply, that basically means that one day we will be in heaven with him, and it's all because of Jesus. That is the final step, and looking out to you, none of us achieved that yet. None of us have gone there yet. None of us are, are there yet. But that's what will happen. That one day, because of God's grace, he has saved us, he has called us, he is changing us, he is using us. And one day, by his grace, we will spend all of eternity with him. 
It's not because we have bought our way into heaven or because of our good works or anything we've done. It's because it's God's grace to us that one day we will get to be with him. We don't deserve it, we don't earn it, but it's because of God's grace that one day we will be with him. You know, how can we be sure of our salvation? How can we be sure? Have you ever wondered that? Will I really end up there? Those thoughts ever gone through your head? Will I get to heaven? You know, the reason we have that and we can be sure this morning and have a certainty, it's all because of God's grace. You know, that's why we can say, you know, and I can stand here in confidence saying, I know I'm going to heaven one day and it's not because of what I've done or anything that I deserve. It's because of the grace of God. It is simply because of the grace of God that one day we will be with him for all of eternity. Paul says this, he prays this for the church of Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians verse 1, uh, chapter 1 verse 1 to 11. He says this, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that in the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. One day our salvation will be complete. One day we will spend all of eternity with him and it is all because of the grace of God. Not because we've earned it. It is all because of the grace of God. So from beginning right to the very end of our lives, our salvation, being saved, being called, our faith, our sanctification, our glorification, it's all a work of divine grace. It's all a work of grace this morning. And our hope in God is because of the grace of God. That's the reason we hope this morning. It's because God's been a gracious God. He's a grace, gracious God. He's been so good to me. He's poured out things in my life that I don't deserve. And that's why I have hope, because if he's done that in the past, if he has saved me, if he has rescued me, then I know that God's going to do something great in my future. It is, that's why I have hope this morning, because he has saved me and I've got a future hope in and through him. It is all because of the grace of God. That is what we stand on this morning. So I want to encourage you today as we come to a conclusion. Hope in God, for God is a God of matchless grace. Hope in God because God is a God of matchless grace. There is none that can compare to him. He is a God of grace. This grace is free. Believe it this morning. Rest in it. Delight in it. This grace is yours today. You just receive it. It is for all of us. Hope in God because he is a God of matchless grace. That is our foundation. Amen. Shall we pray? I just want to give an opportunity this morning. This morning, you know, right throughout the service, I've shared about the grace of God, of how God is in his love and his mercy sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to take your sin and my sin upon himself. Three days later, he rose again, triumphant over sin and over death. And this morning, he's made a way possible through that, that if we would put our faith and trust in him, we can know the forgiveness of all our sins. We can know him as our saviour. We can know and have that hope today. The hope of a future. The hope of eternal life. You know, there is no other way to heaven except by believing in Jesus and believing in him. And put it, surrendering your life to him. 
And this morning I want to give that opportunity for you to receive the free gift of grace today. I want to give an opportunity for you to ask Jesus to come into your life, to be your Lord and Savior. And while everyone's got their head bowed and their eyes closed, if there's anyone here today and you'd like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've even wandered off and you want to return to him today, you want to recommit your life to him today, then all I ask you to do is while everyone's got their head bowed and their eyes closed, just lift up a hand as an indication to me that you'd like to ask Jesus into your life today. And then just take it back down again. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to lead you in a small prayer that you can pray in your heart. And you can know that gift. You can know Jesus today. You can know the hope of eternal life. Is there anyone here this morning? I'm just going to wait a moment. Is there anyone here who would like to ask Jesus to come into their life? Amen. I see your hand this morning. Amen. Is there anyone else here today who would like to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior or surrender their life to him today? Amen. I see your hand this morning. Amen. Is there anyone else? Oh man, it is the greatest decision you will ever make, asking Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. And all I'm going to do now, I'm going to say a prayer, and you can repeat this within your heart, in the quietness of your heart, and today you can know that salvation, you can know the grace of God. Just repeat this in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me so much, that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you took my place on that cross. Jesus, thank you that you've forgiven me of all my sin. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin today. To come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. And I want to thank you. I love you today. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, it is the greatest decision you will ever make. And today, know as you've prayed that, you've got that hope of eternal life. Know that Jesus has forgiven you right now, that he's come into your life, and that he's beginning that journey of making you become more and more like him and changing you to become more and more like him. And know this morning that right now you have the hope of eternal life, that one day you will be with him. And it's all because of what Jesus has done for you. If you have prayed that prayer this morning, then I'd love to just speak with you after the service and just give you something just to help you start this journey of knowing Jesus and and belonging to him. I know this morning the Bible says that that when somebody accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's a party in heaven. It says the angels are celebrating. So know this morning that you have made the greatest decision of all and you have that hope today. Amen. Well, we celebrate with you and we give thanks to God this morning for you surrendering your life to him. And we'd love to just help you on this journey as you made that decision. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.